The Start On Demand. Hey, it's Brett. It's the Friday edition of the podcast for The Start with Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Greg Mackling back from Finland this coming Monday. And today we are going to talk about a young man who just started working at Global TV in downtown Winnipeg. And the headline is, Welcome to Winnipeg. I got run over by a car on my second day at work. So we're going to hear his story. Sounds harrowing at first, but it actually led to a really heartwarming moment where he was introduced to friendly Manitoba. So that's going to lead to a conversation we have about our friendly Manitoba stories. Also, speaking of friendly Manitoba, Canadian country star Brett Kissel learned that Manitoba truly is friendly when he pulled his tour bus over in Headingley with his family to do some trick-or-treating on Halloween. The Couch Potatoes assemble to tell you what is new at the movies. We'll hear from a Winnipeg high school student who has really stepped up over the last year or so to help Churchill while they've been waiting for that rail line to get fixed. And we'll speak to a sleep expert on the time change and how both time changes spring ahead and fall back. How they both have a pretty dramatic effect on our sleep and she offers some insight on how to get better sleep in our next segment uh we're gonna talk about friendly manitobans but we want to use this next story to tee that up Yeah, the headline, if you go to globalnews.ca, is Welcome to Winnipeg. My second day of work, I was run over by a car. Ouch. Yeah, it was written by one of our newest journalists, Merrick Takach, just joined Global TV a few weeks ago. And on his second day of work, and I think it was last Tuesday, while walking back from an apartment viewing in Norwood Flats, he was hit by an SUV. Good Lord. He can recall with vivid detail the driver immediately jumping out to see if he's okay. And then this is the part that kind of bugs me. Then asking if he could go because he had an appointment to the get driver? to. The driver apparently said that. And I don't, you know, in that moment, like he's looking at Merrick was on the ground. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know what he was thinking. If there's, you know, wasn't, was, was probably initial reaction was like, oh my God, if you're fine and talking, I got to keep going. That sounds a little bit cold, but. As Merrick says, what happened next warmed his heart. Here he is with Charles Adler explaining his version of Friendly Manitoba. I looked up at a walk light. I saw an SUV uh, coming way faster than it should have been. Um, and I, I turned around. I was about two steps away from the curb, and I thought I thought I just missed him. So I kind of exhaled. And I was actually on the phone with my landlord at the time. Well, uh, uh, potential landlord of the place I just saw, he was asking me how it went and setting up a time for me to come back and boom, the, the car hit me. Um, I stood right back up. I felt for my phone wallet and keys, thought everything was good. Talked to the driver. Um, and then I just, I fell and I looked and there was, it, was, it wasn't pretty. There was blood and, and uh, I couldn't imagine, I didn't even think at the time, but I couldn't imagine what was going through the head of the guy on the phone. So apparently um, I found out after he ended up calling the police because he, he just heard me um, some loud yells and people running over to ask me if I was okay. Um, and uh, he thought I got shot or something. So um, he actually called the police, but a lot of people got out of their cars to help. Um, and I, I, when I regained consciousness of the ambulance, the fire, um, the police were there and, it was just, it kind of just went like that. And I was in the back of the ambulance, um, almost in, in tears. Cause I mean, they were telling me to wiggle, wiggle my toes. I couldn't even move my feet. And it was just, a lot of things were going through my head, but I mean, one thing 
um, that'll stick with me. And I, I wrote it in, in, in a blog post I did for my site today. And it was, it was just how nice everyone was. And I, even the, the, from the paramedics um, to the four individuals who, pu- who pulled over. Um, and I mean, as soon as I opened my eyes, I was on the side of the road there and I was covered in blankets. Um, people were asking me all kinds of questions. So that was, that was, it was kind of a, Unfortunate circumstance, but a, a very nice welcome to Winnipeg. America to catch. He is with Global News, just uh, recently hired at Global TV. He spoke with Charles Adler. That was him in conversation with Charles Adler last night. He also spoke with Hal Anderson afternoons as well. But uh, this is an incredible story, and indeed the headline is apt. Welcome to Winnipeg. Yeah, and I love how and we, we met him yesterday for the first time. Brett, he popped in to say hello and introduce himself. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry about what happened. And he's like, it's okay. And he just said again, everybody was really nice. Like, I really mean that. And so, you, you know, I love his uh, attitude. He Actually, I think if I read it correctly, like the, a wheel did go over his legs and he's so fortunate. He was in the hospital for a couple of days. He had, uh, I think, a concussion and, and a couple other bruises, but he never broke anything. And so he's lucky in so many ways, even though that is such a terrible way to be introduced to the city. Mackling, McGarry, McNabb on 680 CJOB. Greg Mackling's in Finland. He's going to join us again at 745 this morning. But right now we want to have a chat about Friendly Manitoba. The headline that we just discussed in our previous segment, Welcome to Winnipeg. My second day of work, I was run over by a car. Loren McNabb, for those just tuning in, can you quickly reset what happened Yeah, here? that was one Global News' newest reporter explaining what happened on, I think, day two of work for him. He had gone to look at an apartment in Norwood Flats. He was on the phone with his landlord, Paused to look at the cross sign, so he knew he could cross the street. He had all the right to do so. As soon as he stepped out, was hit by an SUV. And it sounds like a terrible experience, but then he went on to say he couldn't get over how kind everybody was. And they kept saying, he, even as they were patting him down and, and you know, putting blankets on him and, and coats, uh, they would say, oh, we're so sorry. Welcome to Winnipeg. And so he thought that was, in the end, you know, the thing that warmed his heart. I wonder if they had been so friendly had they known he's a fan of the Minnesota Wild. <laughs> I don't think most people care about that, Kelly. <laughs> Minnesota Wild, Toronto Maple Leafs, maybe. Montreal Canadiens, maybe. But oh. Minnesota, I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. Really? <laughs> it was a great little story, and it got us all thinking about the the things that we've experienced or that we like about Manitoba, or do we really actually think the license plate friendly Manitoba is true? Yeah. I, I, I think it is, definitely. Being a, a native British Columbian and having uh, lived in the city twice, I remember one of the first sports casts I did on CJOB back in 1994. I'm not sure what context it was in. It must have been curling, and I was talking about the Velour Curling Club. And <laughs> and uh, and I mentioned or on Velour Road. Now, most people would attack you, you know, for that. But the Kubi kid called up. Uh, just a great guy, and said, hey, welcome to Winnipeg. Just want to let you know that it's Valor Road, and it's not Portage, it's Portage Avenue. <laughs> and Pembina Highway. <laughs> yeah, that one I think I got right. Did but, you? Uh, oh, so many people have gotten that one wrong. Well, that's nice. Yeah, I, yeah, I thought it was really cool that uh, you know that he that he did that in a very in a very friendly manner too. Not you're not from here, brother, but you know it was just it was hey you know welcome to Winnipeg. Just want to help you out, man. And, and I thought that was really good. So it, it kind of set things off on the right foot. Had you made a similar mistake in Charleswood, 
Oh, they'd have jumped down your throat. <laughs> or or mixed up the Gildonans. Don't you dare mix up those Gildonans. I once declared us, I once said, is this street in Tuxedo or in Charleswood? And I remember Braun, oh. and we had another person from Charleswood just attacked me. That's not in Charleswood. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't be so smokes. stupid. <laughs> so let's ask Angry Braun then. Do you think it's friendly here? Yeah, I do think it's friendly and here. And do you have a like, regular story? I don't have stories? a specific story, but uh, just things like every time when there's spring flooding, just the, the people yeah. that jump up to go help Sandbag, like we get calls in the newsroom. Where do they need help sandbagging? We got to go sandbagging today. We don't know where to go. People looking for opportunities to go help. And uh, we mentioned there's some snow out and coming this way sort of today. And that got me thinking when I was a teenager, now this, some of it was just small town boredom. My friends and I, during a snowstorm, we just get in my buddy's truck and bomb around town looking for stuck cars to help push people out because it was something to do. And it was just, it's nice to be nice. That's what we all think of. I think the storms and the way we react. And I know even my neighbors every, like, I should, shouldn't say every time, but I'm going to say every time on the radio in hopes that they're listening and they continue to pull out their uh, plows and all the rest, right? Like, so you'll come home and you're just thinking, oh, I'm going to have to shovel. And the neighbor's gone and done it for yeah. you every almost every time. Yeah, my one of the neighbors that lives across the street from my parents is named Brian Masters. He's got a snowblower, and for, like, the last two decades or whenever he got it, he would always, like, snowblow half of our back lane whenever there was a big snowstorm. That's where I tend to see it the most is when there's a a winter event here in Winnipeg. Like, I, my car was buried just behind my apartment block, and I'm right by the back lane. It's, like, it takes, it's two steps from the back lane, but when there's a foot of snow on the ground, you got to dig it out, so... One of my neighbors came and helped, and then someone else came and helped. And as I was trying to get my car out, a young kid walked by and said, do you need a hand? But I remember, uh, and I can't remember the year, but remember when we were back at 930 Portage, Mm -hmm. uh, which was at Portage and Lenore Street? It was, I think, New Year's Eve, and I was working the early morning news shift. So I got to work at 3 a.m., and it had already snowed 15 centimeters. I was driving a Honda Civic at the time, so clearly not a, a winter tank or anything like that. And I thought... I'm probably not going to be able to get out of work, but I got to get to work. And sure enough, when my shift was over at noon, over a foot of snow had fallen. And I had to dig out from behind the car into the back lane. I had to dig out, carve out a path in the back lane and then the street to Portage Avenue. So I had two other people with me who needed a ride home. Yeah. And uh, so the three of us all had shovels because we just grabbed the shovels that were in the basement. And we had to, it took two hours to carve this path. And then... A uh, good Samaritan who happened to live in the house right in the corner, he came out and helped. And just as we were almost at Portage, the, a plow comes by <laughs> <laughs> and left a massive windrow. So it took oh. what was a two and a half hour job, suddenly became a three hour job. See, that's what I love about Manitoba because it's got that like, uh, you, you know, a little bit of grumpiness to it, right? In that story, you got all this help, and you're all feeling good, uh, you've helped each other out, and then the plow yeah. comes by, and <laughs> yeah. you're like, oh. Like like the Merrick story about getting hit by the SUV. The driver said, can I keep going because I have an appointment to get to you? <laughs> so it's kind of oh. a jerk. But then oh. on the other hand, you have all these great people stepping up, right? So it's like that 10% uh, not so nice side and 90% I think good. I know during the flood of 97, there's that picture in the hallway there where we're outside the CJOB transmitter just to the south of the city. And we were uh, uh, sandbagging there. And all of a sudden, I don't even remember where the house was, but uh, this fellow comes riding up. He says, we're going to get flooded. Can you guys help us out for a while? So we went over to this house, uh, sandbag probably, I don't know, for two or three hours or whatever it was. It was, it was just one of the neatest experiences I'd, I'd had at that point. And then all of a sudden, from out of nowhere, comes all this food, you know, that they're uh, they're serving us. And, and I thought, you know, you're, you're about 
to, you're fighting for your house's survival, and yet you've taken the time to say thank you this way. That is what I knew. I was in the right place in the world to be living. Yeah, Manitoba, you always hear about Manitoba having the, the highest amount of generosity when it yeah. comes to charitable donations. And uh, that shines through every time there's some kind of a campaign. And we see it in person whenever we do anything for Silo Mission, like uh, Knickers and Kickers or Phil the Freightliner is coming up. And yeah, A couple of weeks, St. Bonifus Radiothon, watch how people donate to that. Yeah, Maybe yeah. it's a small town thing, I wonder. Like, you grew up in a small town, Jeff, right? Correct. And so did I. And so half your city, too. Like, I think sometimes when you go to those bigger cities, there's that they're, they're so big that you don't know your neighbors much and all the rest. And I, and I think there might be a bit more of a small town feel to Winnipeg. Yeah. Plus, half of us Probably. here. Like, even in our newsroom, if you think about it, right, like half the people in the newsroom or 40% grew up in a small town, too. And so you really have that thing of... You did the math on that? I don't know. I'm just I'm actually <laughs> making it up. You weren't supposed to call me out on that. That wasn't very friendly of you. <laughs> but it, it, we've, I often hear, too, Winnipeg is described as a big, yeah. small town. Right. Absolutely. That's what I mean. Like, I think we have that feeling overall. And then the, the idea that, like, I know what it's like to know my neighbor. And then so want that to continue, to, even if I'm in that big city. Yeah. It's, it's a thing where, you know, whoever you come across on the street... Is there's just a very good chance that you will come across them some other time in your life. Not like like in New York City where you're like, I can be mean to that guy because I'll never <laughs> see that guy again. <laughs> but it's like, I don't know who this is. For all I know, they will be my neighbor or I'll see them at the grocery store once a week or something like that. So I might as well be nice to them. Here's one thing I've always been curious about. And maybe it's just me, but I've always noticed if I'm if I happen to be out for a walk early, like in the morning, if I pass somebody on the sidewalk... they'll say good morning. And sometimes in the evening you'll get good evening, but during the day, like afternoon, nope, just head down, straight ahead. What is that? We're relaxed maybe at the end. At the morning you start off with the best of intentions. Yeah. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, you know, oh, the it's day's over. over. That's okay. <laughs> but during the day, get out of my way. I got yeah, things to yeah, do. Exactly. You can text us your friendly Manitoba stories or you can email them, brett at cjob.com, McNabb at cjob.com. Thank you very much, Jeff Braun. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb on 680 CJOB. Greg Mackling joins us from Finland at 745, where we will also have tickets to give away for Sharon, Bram, and friends. Stand by for your cutie call for that. Couch Potatoes Assemble at 737 to tell you what is new this weekend at the movies. Want to thank everyone once again for all the texts on the poppy, how to secure the poppy. Uh, and just the update, it fell off again, so... <laughs> I clearly am you know what I like your dedication because it's a good it's a good cause and it's important to have it. you know so you're wearing it and you're you're gonna be a great contributor to their fundraising campaign because <laughs> so you're gonna you're gonna have to put in a good 100 150 bucks I think this season so <laughs> the Legion thanks you Brett but no one of the tricks that uh, people are saying is to try is to like poke the pin through the bottom of the poppy. But uh, I've tried that before. I'm just, I'm clumsy. I'm terrible with a poppy. But I will continue to make my donations and get more poppies. We start this hour, though, with the man you're listening to right now. His name is Brett Kissel. Yeah, Canadian country star Brett Kissel is making his way across the country as part of his latest tour. And his road trip through Manitoba this week landed him right on the outskirts of Winnipeg on Halloween. Brett says what happened happened after prompted him to tweet, Manitoba really is friendly. And of course, we've been talking about that all morning, about our moniker-friendly Manitoba. 
But why explain to you the story that prompted him to say that when he can? Brett Kissel joins us on the phone right now. Good morning, Brett. Hey, good morning. How are you? Well, I'm good. Thanks for taking the time for it with us. I know it's an early start. Were you playing last night? I was, yes. I was in Portage La Prairie last night. Uh, the buses are about to roll this morning. Uh, we head out to Brandon uh, this morning, and then we're going to be in Verdon today after tomorrow. So you were coming through Winnipeg on Wednesday on Halloween, and what happened next? Because you tour with your family, correct? Oh, exactly. So my wife and I, we've got our own bus here. We've got our two little girls. I've got a two-and-a-half-year-old, we've got a one-and-a-half-year-old, and we've got a baby on the way. So we will have three under three uh, in no time here. And Halloween, obviously, is a, an important time for our family. So we got all dressed up and had a lot of fun. So what did you do? Where did you stop? Well, what we did is, you know, my, my wife, she, uh, she got very, very creative. And both my girls are obsessed with the Little Mermaid. So we had a big Little Mermaid team. And uh, we, we knew we needed, we needed a trick-or-treat, but being on the road, we didn't know where to go. So our bus driver, as we were just kind of in between, well, Winnipeg and Portage La Prairie, uh, pulled over in what looked like a pretty nice subdivision, a pretty nice little residential area. So we pulled our bus out over, and uh, everybody's wondering, okay, what's going on here? And we just walked out. I was dressed as King Triton, my little girls as Ariel and Flounder, and we went out and we just joined a bunch of kids and had a really great time. Uh, close to a community called, uh, I believe, Headingley is where we were close to. You're right. I think that is what you were. So your bus, is it say like Brett Kissel on the side? I mean, would it be very clear that a country uh, star had just pulled over on the side of the road in Headingley? No, it was, it, it was the opposite. We, we try to be a little bit more incognito and stuff like that, you know, more for kind of protection of our, of our family. And, you know, some fans can get a little bit crazy and stuff like that over the course of our tours. So we don't have any of our names on the side of the bus, but I wasn't dressed like any type of country singer. That's for sure. I had a, well, obviously a big white beard and (laughs) dressed up like the King of the sea. So So how many, uh, you, you, you pulled over for Halloween. How was the hall? Did they bring in lots of candy? You know what? It was, uh, it was amazing. Our little girl's, uh, well, especially our littlest one, who's just learning to talk, she couldn't say trick, but boy, she, could she ever say treat. <laughs> she would just go up to everybody and say, treat, please. <laughs> so you travel a lot. You're, this tour is taking you uh, right across the prairies and much of Canada. I mean, I, I don't want to force you to brag about our province, but you use the, the phrase in your tweet, Manitoba really is friendly Manitoba. And, and this is a result of just sort of the warm welcome you got Wednesday night. Well, very much so. You know what? I've been very lucky to now travel to every province and every territory on this tour, making it the most expensive tour that's actually ever happened in Canadian music. We'll do well over 100 dates, and me and my band and my family were very, very excited to get to the prairies and to get to Manitoba specifically because I think you guys can attest, and I certainly can too from firsthand experience, the crowds that you get here the passion for country music that you get here in this province truly is second to nine. And we're very, very thankful that we've had so many great experiences right here in Manitoba. Well, it's worth pointing out that our very own Kelly Moore, who does as our sports director, I think he said yesterday, the only kind of music, as far as I'm concerned, is country music. Now, speaking of singing, you're going to be singing O Canada at the Great Cup. Uh, in Edmonton this year. Obviously, we're hoping the Winnipeg Blue Bombers will be there, but you are from Alberta, so are you an Edmonton fan or a Calgary Stampeders fan? Well, you know, I'm an Edmonton Eskimos fan, never a Stampeders fan. So with that being said, 
you can uh, rest assured that there's going to be anybody cheering for a team in the West. It's going to be me, and it's probably going to be the Bombers. I know you've you've sung Oh Canada, I think, at the Edmonton game last year as well, Brett. Do you ever get Like, it's a big deal, and I know it's a song we've all known since we're a little, but then the pressure's on. Do you ever get worried about forgetting the lyrics at such a crucial moment? 100%. You know what? That's the only time in my career that I'm ever nervous. Um, never for my own show, but when you sing what I truly believe is the greatest song in the world in our national anthem, you know what? One of the biggest things is that you have to go out there, do your best, but no one's there for the anthem. Everybody's there for the sport. So if I do it for hockey, you do it for baseball, you do it for football. My job is very simple. Sing the song, sing it well, get off the field, let's play some football. Well, Brett, our condolences that uh, Edmonton is is out of the (laughs) CFL playoffs, uh, but we appreciate that you'll be cheering for the Bombers uh, as they 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 get ready to enter the playoffs. Of course, they'll be in Edmonton tomorrow to wrap up the season. Uh, Do you still cheer for Edmonton in that context? You know, in in that context, I can because, you know, quite frankly, win or lose, it's, uh, it's irrelevant for the Edmonton Eskimos. But the reality is here is that, you know, at the CFL, things can change the drop of a hat, you know, and I'm really, really excited for this year's playoffs and obviously for the Grey Cup Festival that will be embarking on my home city uh, in Edmonton. So I know that for those who travel from Manitoba uh, to be a part of it, you're going to have a great time because Edmonton always throws a great party. Before we let you go, uh, first Canadian ever to tour with superstar Garth Brooks. What was that like? You know what? It, it was incredible. I remember uh, two years ago in June when we came to the uh, Bell MTS Center in Winnipeg. Um, it was right over the Father's Day weekend, and I got to relive truly the best moment of my career night after night after night, opening and touring with Garth Brooks. He's the nicest guy. Any story that people have ever heard, um, it's all true. He's the best guy. He's the best entertainer. I've learned so much from him. And honestly, I, I could just go on. We'd probably have to set up four more interviews for me to just tell all the great stories about being with Garth and Miss Trisha Yearwood. Well, nice seems to be the theme of our day, I think, which is what prompted us to reach out to you, Brett. You calling Manitoba friendly Manitoba. Just as an aside, getting back to our sports uh, director, Kelly Moore, he called you one of the nicest kids in his word that he's ever met. So we want to thank you so much for taking the time with us this morning. Well, the, the pleasure's all mine. Kelly has been such a great guy and a big supporter of mine from his days in Kamloops. BC running country music. So I remember Kelly well. So give him a big hug for me and say hi to all your listeners and let them know that I'm so proud to be back in the province. Brett Kissel joining us live on 680 CJOB. Could very well be a Manitoban with yes. that friendly attitude. Holy. My goodness. What I a love nice it. Guy. Nice cheery in the morning. It's seven o'clock and he's ready to go. There you go. Brett Kissel, Canadian country star, stopped in Headingley on Wednesday to do some trick or treating with his Little Mermaid family. 715 on 680 CJOB. We're going to have a look at traffic, weather, and then a quick visit back to Churchill. All coming up on the start.
kids just brought home his recorder from school yesterday, so I think I'm gonna. That's what that sounded like, like a grade three or grade two recorder. That's what it sounds like if you drink the water in Dauphin before practice. Oh boy! Wow, <laughs> Jeff Braun joining us live in studio. Good morning, Jeff. Hello. Which movie do you want to start with? Uh, let's start with the, the musical one new this weekend, Bohemian Rhapsody. Our friend Rami Malek from Mr. Robot stars as Queen singer Freddie Mercury in the biopic. So now what? Uh, this is when the operatic section comes in. Oh, the operatic section, yeah. Mamma mia, mamma mia, mamma mia, let me go. It chronicles the band's rise and fall, culminating in their 1985 Live Aid performance, which sparked a big comeback before Mercury died. The reviews, though, not too great, sort of tepid at best, uh, saying it doesn't dig deep enough. But Malik obviously does a convincing job if you've seen any of the commercials or the trailer. And even if it's not the greatest movie, Brett, it's going to have one of the best soundtracks this year. Forever six bloody minutes. I pity your wife if you think six minutes is forever. We will, we will rock you. That's a, that's a burn. <laughs> Lauren liked it. I like that. That was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so at this moment, 60% on Rotten Tomatoes. And this has been kind of a troubled project from the start. Like They've been talking about it for years now. Remember Sasha Baron Cohen was, was originally attached. Oh, yeah. He to, would have done a good job. He sort of looks like Freddie Mercury. Yeah, and he, he is so good at sort of immersing himself into yeah. disguise, as it were. But uh, he had, they, they separated over creative differences. I think he had an idea for what they wanted to do. And and uh, Brian Singer was the original director. You remember that? They ended up firing him because oh he, did they yeah he was a mess so yeah this is a movie that oh he disappeared yeah he That's right. just kind of stopped showing up i so think his name might him. still be on this though yeah probably yeah. but uh anyway so it's getting it's 60 not awful that makes it a, a fresh tomato but just barely also new this weekend something from disney the nutcracker and the four realms this time has been difficult for all of us but Christmas comes. We must do our best to enjoy it. I don't want to enjoy anything right now. I wish nothing. Don't you think I know exactly where I stand? Your mother was the cleverest inventor I ever knew. And there was never any doubt when I asked what her greatest creation was. For the record, I just confirmed Brian Singer is still listed as the director, but he was indeed uh, replaced uh, eventually. Now, you might know the Nutcracker from Tchaikovsky's Ballet. Of course, the Royal Winnipeg Ballet puts this on many years of doing it again this year. But the Nutcracker story started back in 1816 as a short story called The Nutcracker and the Mouse King by E.T.A. Hoffman. It was about a young girl's dolls that came to life on Christmas Eve along with a noble Nutcracker, and they protect her from a nasty army of mice. Well, this movie focuses on Clara, who is 
Guided by her godfather, Drosselmeyer, played by Morgan Freeman, Drosselmeyer helps Clara get to a parallel world where she meets a soldier and a gang of mice and the rulers of three realms, and she has to find the fourth realm and take on the evil mother Ginger, played by Helen Mirren. I don't know. It just sounds like it sounds like a lot. And I remember, it sounds like way too much. Yeah, and I remember when I saw the first trailer, I thought. Well, this looks like, from a visual perspective, it looks stunning, but it also looks like a big mess, a big clunky mess. And sure enough, uh, the reviews not particularly kind for this uh, last report. I think it was like 29%. Oh, 35% now it's gone up a little bit. But, yeah, I don't know if I have any interest in seeing The Nutcracker. But we're into that season. Next week we've got The Grinch, Dr. Oh, yeah. Seuss's The Grinch. So we're going to start seeing those uh, holiday-related movies. And finally, Jeff, uh, who is the star of the next film? Tiffany Haddish stars in a new Tyler Perry movie called Nobody's Fool. Tanya's getting out. Her sister's stepping in. We're going to get you on the straight and narrow. Why are we talking right? On November 2nd. You've been standing in line all this time and you don't know what you want. Oh, no, 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 Tanya. Nobody is safe. Tanya! Why are you getting close? Why are you getting close? You don't mind my time, Tanya. What? This is a cup of coffee. Nobody's fool. Mama, it's Tanya. This connection is so wicked. What? We not on no cell phone. I can't hear you, baby. I can't hear you. Oh, my. Mama! Rated R. Tiffany Haddish plays an ex-con, finally free, and she's a bit of a wild card. Her sister's the opposite, this uh, bi- button-down businesswoman. Whoopi Goldberg plays the mom. It doesn't look like a very good movie. It actually has no score on Rotten Tomatoes, last I checked, which is never a good thing. But it also looks like Haddish has free reign to do whatever she wants, which is probably a good thing. People find her very funny. And if you go to the movie specifically to see the Tiffany Haddish film, make sure that you, if you want to see <laughs> this the right one, one. Yeah. well, because if you look at Cineplex on their movie listings... I was conf- was thrown off because I saw two movies with Tiffany Haddish in the poster. There's Night School, which right. came out, I don't know, six weeks ago. Not even. Yeah, with co-starring Kevin Hart. And then uh, there's Nobody's Fool. So she's got two movies in theater right now, which is something I don't know. Did the other one get good ratings? Uh, not really. Not oh, really. Because I'm but, wondering if that's the trick. Like, if this one's got no, the other one has no ratings, they're like, you know what? Maybe we'll just fool people into coming just, to the wrong film. She's just hot right now and making as many movies as she can while the, you know, striking while the iron's hot. I think she's got four or five this year. So. Yeah, she's been very busy since she hosted Saturday Night Live, and she yeah. was in that movie, um, Girl, was it called? Girl's, Girl's Trip, Trip, last summer 2017. That what? was apparently hilarious. I really got to see that one. Were you going to say you've never seen in a film, like a, at the theaters, a star in yeah, dual I, competing films? Yeah, I was thinking that, and then I sort of balked on it, because it has happened before many times, but uh, I've never, I don't think I've ever actually seen it where they're listed back-to-back mm-hmm. in the listings like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's happened before. Did you have an example? Uh, no. Okay. I just interrupted, and I felt bad. <laughs> so I, I felt like, you know, I just basically wanted to derail the whole conversation. No, that's okay, Loren McNabb. <laughs> Couch Potatoes, by the way, the new podcast is up. You can get it wherever you find podcasts. And of course, you can listen to the broadcast Saturdays at noon and Sunday evenings at 6. Jeff Braun, thank you very much, sir. First, we start this half hour with a question of the day brought to you by Credit Aid, helping Manitobans get out of debt since 1992. Visit creditaid.ca, call 204-987-6890, and we'll have a new question up for you in the next little while. But yesterday afternoon's question is perfect for this segment. Given the struggles Churchill has faced over the last 18 months, will you now make an effort to 
visit the northern community. 65% say, no, I'm not really interested in visiting. And 35% say, yes, it's on my bucket list. Well, Loren, uh, you found somebody who I think would probably very much like to go to Churchill. Yeah, and I actually think she has just recently. But for this uh, young Winnipegger, it's a great question because she wasn't just interested in visiting Churchill. When she heard about the plight of Churchill with their train rail line being washed out last May, she wanted to step in and help. She's a high school student. Her name is Skylar Ferguson, and she joins us on the phone now. Has class already started, Skylar, or are you just waiting for the bell to ring? The bell has already rung, and I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me on. Well, thank you for joining us, Skylar. Just when you heard about the rail line last year, what made you, and then you were a grade 11 student, a teenager, what made you say, I, I want to step in and help? Well, I was doing a project for an international science fair in Australia, and I interviewed the mayor of Churchill, and he told stories about the dire situation and the struggles that the residents were going through, and it broke my heart. And it just made me absolutely want to help everyone there, all the residents, especially the children. So what steps did you take then to to help? Well, I created a campaign called Christmas for Churchill, and it was a food, toy, and money drive, and it was a huge success. We ended up raising 4,200 pounds of food, 300 toys, and $5,000 worth of gift cards for the residents. It was amazing. I got to go up to Churchill and hand deliver all the gifts, so that just warmed my heart so much. I've also did a 900 hearts campaign so around valentine's day i got 900 manitoban elementary students to create valentine's day cards that could be put up in the community center for all the residents to see it was a big wall of love you said it broke go ahead go ahead finish what you're going to say skeller okay uh, just recently, I started a Sport the North campaign. So it's a new and gently used sports equipment drive. And this is focusing on promoting positive mental health in Churchill and Kivalik regions. Although the residents are going through hard struggles with money and like actual material needs, I want to focus on the youth health and their physical and mental health. This was something that, you know, you mentioned it broke your heart when you first heard about the children, uh, you know, maybe struggling with family, struggling with money when the line went down and having to fly goods in. Everything became so much more pricey in Churchill. Uh, we now know that the trains are going to start rolling uh, soon. One came in Wednesday night. And so the fortunes are changing in Churchill. As someone who's gotten to know people in that community, what did you think when you when you heard about that whistle roaring through town? I was overjoyed i was so excited and actually yesterday the prime minister mr trudeau was in churchill to celebrate the first train coming in and the residents said hearing the train whistle was the most amazing sound they rushed out of their buildings to go see the train it it was greatly missed for 18 months they hadn't heard that train whistle and it just filled them with lots of joy so as you, they heard it again. You talked about wanting to continue your work, that even though the goods are going to start moving back into Churchill and people will be able to take that train eventually, you're going to continue helping them? For sure. I'm very excited the train is back in running in Churchill. 
but my work with the community is not over. I want to focus on promoting positive and mental health for the youth because that is a huge struggle that doesn't just get fixed by a train coming back. Um, Did you know suicide is one of the most common causes of the youth's death in the northern region? And that's terrible. It breaks my heart. And I just want to make a little contribution to help um, move that in a more positive direction. And um, sports and physical activity helps build connections between the community members, which can help with positive mental health. We're talking to grade 11 student scholar or grade 12 student now, sorry, scholar Ferguson on the efforts she's made over the last year to help out the Churchill residents. Grade 12, just quickly before we let you go, scholar, how old are you then? I am 17. 17. Isn't that wonderful to hear about everyone stepping in to help out and students like yourself? Thanks very much, scholar. Thank you. Skylar Ferguson joining us live on 680 CJOB. Congratulations to her and all the success she's had with her efforts and continued efforts uh, to help out Churchill. Yes, we turn the clocks back one hour early Sunday morning or Saturday night, however you want to look at it. It's Brett McGarry with Loren McNabb. Greg Mackling is in Finland. And right now we're going to talk about sleep with University of Manitoba sleep expert, Dr. Diana McMillan, joining us live in studio. Dr. McMillan, thank you very much for visiting us today. Oh, my pleasure. Good morning. So sleep, there's a headline here that Loren found earlier. Daylight saving time is literally killing us. (laughs) Actually, that's probably true. For really? Us. It is in some cases, but it's a lot more complicated as it almost always is. So uh, what we find happening is that um, we're very much light and dark creatures, right? And uh, so we change um, the idea to change uh, our into daylight saving time was an effort to be um, economically uh, prudent, you know, to save money, cost saving. Um, but I think the balance of evidence is shifting that there is actually um, a lot more impairment um, and traffic fatalities and uh, chronic um, sleep impairment related to that. So uh, it's worse in the spring forward. We see a lot uh, greater spike in traffic accidents, but we actually see uh, some accidents as well in the fall change as well. Even with that extra hour? Well, yes, but the reason for that is that even though we're supposed to be getting an extra hour, we we typically don't because we wake up early, right? And so what happens is that we accumulate uh, a more sleep debt, and it could be four or five days of sleep debt um, because we're, our body hasn't sort of adjusted to that time change. And We are the most sleep-deprived society globally than we have ever been. And so uh, where you see people who are the most vulnerable are also the ones who are the most sleep-deprived. And there's a lot of us out there. So it it doesn't take actually that much to sort of put you off a little bit. 
Um, and it takes actually not just one day, but for five days. And if you're elderly or if you're a really early morning riser, it might take you a little bit longer. Uh, kids may find it a challenge as well. I, I find as a parent with my young kids, it's it's weeks sometimes of adjustment, particularly in the spring. The one American study I had taken a look at, and there, there's been a few I know, talked about how hospitals report a 24% percent spike in heart attack visits in the spring forward, and then coincidentally on the on the fall back, see twenty one percent less people presenting with heart attack symptoms. It's just one hour. So, what's going on inside our bodies? Is it our circadian rhythms that are being affected? Like, what's happening? Well, actually, it's it's a it's a whole bunch of things. So, um, and the heart attack one is quite an interesting one as well. Um, in part, it's the stress. Um, you know, when you're, uh, perhaps you haven't really got uh, uh, your own circadian rhythm turned around. And so you may be a little rushed, right? You're trying to rush. You may be running a little bit late. It's that added stress to, you know, sort of fight the traffic and, and get there uh, in the springtime, particularly. The other thing uh, for, for the, I run as well. So um, for those who run, uh, here's a heads up. Um, in the springtime, um, I would suggest you actually move your running a little later because the temperature change uh, being quite cool in early morning is harder on the heart, particularly right at the very beginning of that uh, time change when you're not sort of readjusted in terms of your, your circadian rhythm. Um, the other thing we see is that in the springtime, it's a lot darker. Uh, in the early morning, maybe the roads are a little bit more slippery, particularly for us here in the north. Um, now, in the fall, watch out for pedestrians in the late um, after the time change because those accidents are more common um, and drivers are tired too l- later on in the day. So um, while the number of traffic accidents has a small, very small but a, you know significant if you have a large enough sample increase, the related pedestrian accidents is more significant in the fall. Now, you you mentioned that we're the most sleep-deprived we've ever been. So I'm wondering, are there things that we should not be doing before bed? Like, for example, we've all got a cell phone. Yes. Uh, good question. For there, There's a lot of things that we could do better. And I actually use the time change as a reminder, sort of like when you change your batteries for your fire alarm. It's, it's like a reminder, okay, what can I do better related to my sleep? And I really recommend everybody to think about doing that. So the things that you should should try to do, um, certainly getting your TV out, your laptops, your cell phones, get those things out of your bedroom. You cannot sleep restfully and well if you're, you know, hearing little chirps and beeps um, throughout the night. Secondly, there's blue light emitted from your uh, devices. And blue light suppresses melatonin. And melatonin is a, is a natural hormone that we, we it's in, called endogenous. So we, we create it, secrete it ourselves, and it helps us to fall asleep and stay asleep. But it's suppressed if we are exposed to um, bright light, and particularly the blue light spectrum. So get those things out. Um, exercise. Really try to get some exercise on a daily basis, even if it's a walk after dinner, walk with the dog, kids out or whatever. Um, You want to be in a nice, quiet state of mind and a quiet state of body in order to transition to to sleep. A couple other things, make sure you've got clean sheets. 
Um, that surprisingly enough. No, that I, I know that one. When I crawl into a bed and we've just washed the sheets and you got that bounce fresh smell or whatever you use. It's oh. wonderful. Yeah, so, I kind of want to roll around like a cat. Yeah. <laughs> and I I just stretch like, oh, yes, that is good. So, you know, so treat yourself. How old is your mattress? You spend, you know, eight hours every day on that thing. How old is that? Is it looking like a camel or, or what? So, you know, is it time to flip your mattress or, you know, invest in a new one? Um, you know, and I'm, I'm not being sponsored by any, any furniture <laughs> company either. But, you know, um, change your sheets, get some exercise, make sleep a priority. You will be far safer on the roads. You'll be far uh, more uh, emotionally engaging. You'll be happier. Um, you'll be less prone for accidents just bumping into things. You'll learn more. Um, you'll remember more. You'll be less anxious, less depressed. There are, you know... You'll, your immune system is going to be more robust. You'll be able to fight off the, you know, more of the flus that that come by. Um, regulate your blood sugar. Less risk for obesity. The list goes on and on. And this is what makes me so passionate about sleep research because it is so critical for all of us um, to really make that a bigger priority. It, it's uh, uh, you hear about things about like dementia and heart disease and obesity and there's all these lists of lists and, and they all come back to your sleep and and then we sit in this job and my alarm goes off at three in the morning and I think and I read this this morning and I was like great now I'm just gonna die in a couple of years <laughs> early because of of just not getting enough sleep. Well, and and hopefully if we can all you know sleep when we can and make that a priority. And, and lots of people do shift work. And I work with a lot of uh, professionals and, and others who, who are doing shift work, right? I mean, nurses, doctors, um, you know, our emergency response folks, they, they need to help us 24-7. So helping uh, to have organizations and um, places for them to sleep really well and, and having an environment during the daytime when they have to sh- to sleep um, that's really quiet, dark, cooler, you know, all of those things can can help as well. And as just uh, we have about 45 seconds left here. Does it help if instead of playing on my phone right before I go to bed, if I put the phone down and maybe like read a book for a half hour? Absolutely. It absolutely does. So doing something um, that is less engaging um, and, you know, sometimes people find it difficult to sleep, but um, if they can do something that is really relaxing for them, uh, making that, you know, bedroom uh, sort of an oasis for sleep so that you don't have those worries, you don't see the tax boxes or the homework or whatever. Um, So I hope everyone takes a pause today uh, and this weekend to really think about how can they be healthier for themselves with sleep as a priority. Just yes or no, uh, in your opinion, do you think it's time to put it an end to chi- time change? I, I finally do. I finally do. I think the balance, uh, there's enough um, balance, growing balance to shift that. And there's a huge, um, the European Parliament has actually called for a huge study. And I think that's going to put even more evidence out. And so, um, uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm shifting over. <laughs> Dr. Diana McMillan, sleep expert at the University of Manitoba. Thank you so much for the time. The Start On Demand is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.